You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. Hey, and welcome to the JCN Podcast Show. Hello. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we're here to talk to you once again about all things health and wellness. Most importantly, SIBO and the diet we're going to talk about. like how I just kind of threw yeah, that Yeah, I know. You just you. like, you stopped talking and just looked at me. <laughs> I'm just like, guess that's my cue. <laughs> that read my mind. I'm sending you messages. <laughs> um, we're kind of expanding, aren't we? From We did a podcast back in episode maybe three or four, I'm totally guessing, but it was on SIBO and we just talked basically about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth just to give you guys an overview of mm. what SIBO is. Um, but what we wanted to do today, because we've had a lot of questions, is delve a lot deeper into the SIBO diet yeah. because there's so much confusion and Sweet. really break it down. We've had a lot of questions. We threw it out to you guys and you got back to us with some um, Which meaty is great. questions. Yeah, yes. so we thought there were, and there was actually like a lot of questions around the SIBO, or if more in particular, I guess, the SIBO biphasic diet, which is the yeah. one that most people are familiar with. But also I suppose because we use it in clinic, but I suppose to a degree we have more... I suppose, adapted or relaxed mm-hmm. version depending yep. on our clients. So Very flexible. Very flexible. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of looking at it. Um, yep. And obviously that just comes back to you and I and how we practice. Mm. We should call it something like that. Yeah. flexible diet. Flexibility. <laughs> but, yeah, so obviously I think too, like I think a lot of our clients, they probably will get a lot out of this, but they're probably used to asking us these questions. But, you yeah, know, there's so many people Australia-wide yep. on this diet and seeing yep. different practitioners and, I find I think I find sometimes too we end up with a lot of people that are getting treated for SIBO by other practitioners and getting treated well, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of the diet dietary mm-hmm. elements included in the treatment, Definitely. and that's what where we kind of come in. So yeah, 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 that's so true. Yeah, we do get a lot of people who are just doing more of the like herbals or the antibiotics, and yeah. maybe given some basic diet rules, yeah, or but just a hand out of the SIBO biphasic diet, and yeah, go for gold. Whereas you and I are very where we like to break it down and give you breakfast options that are still like macronutrient balanced based yeah. on that, or you know, um, and lunches and dinners so a the diet's interesting and yeah. it's but your macros are covered and it's diverse because this yeah. is a such a restricted diet I feel like it's you've got to be diversity is key mm-hmm. I feel like and I find the people that I find that we've gotten through the other side of SIBO well I think me but you know we haven't actually talked about this I find the ones that are really good with this diet and diverse with this diet mm. um are the ones that really seem to come out the other end a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, Otherwise, it's like so restrictive and depleting. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Like people can get super fixated on like the diet itself and mm. then their their overall health tends to suffer because yeah. they're not getting macro balance, they're not getting enough of certain nutrients and they start to slide in other areas, yeah, which absolutely. is what kills us when we yeah. see that. 
And the other thing is too, like the longer, like you can you can do the SIBO diet and there's total opposite, you know, flip sides of the coin as to how you can do the SIBO diet. Like you can just eat the same food every single day. Yeah. And of course, then when you go to introduce foods or even vary within the diversity of the SIBO mm. diet, you start reacting to things and that's, that's expected. Like if you do remove certain foods for certain periods of time, there is going to be some reactivity when you look at reintroducing yeah. those foods. So that's why even if you're on these restricted style diets, and that's not just SIBO, that's all of these you know, restrictive diets that people are on for various reasons. You've got to keep it interesting and as diverse yeah, as possible. Definitely. So, definitely. Yeah. So anyway, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Yeah. In a big nutshell. <laughs> but I think, um, I think the first thing we definitely need to cover is why the diet is important. So we even had some yes. questions, um, which I thought was fascinating about, um, People who had been put on, they've been diagnosed with SIBO, then they've been given herbals or they've been given antibiotics, but then they've been given nothing about diet. So they're, they're or minimal, yeah, nothing. Very, very minimal. minimal. But yeah. to the point also of doc, some integrative doctors have said to some people, like, don't worry about diet. Um, <sighs> and <laughs> we wanted to definitely first go uh, into like why the diet is important. Yeah. Um, there is, in saying that, I know there is some discussion out there between, um, you know, even within the, like, I guess you could say SIBO practitioner community about whether some people will just go, now. don't worry about the diet. Like, yeah. and their concept is like, you're just providing lots of fuel all the time for bacteria. So they're always really there and like ready to kill off, which, yeah. you know, I don't personally, I don't really aspire to that way no, of and, treatment. And I I've, think if you took that approach to everything, like I'll oh, just don't worry about diet. Like yeah, I know. it's kind of I don't know, it's like I, I struggle with that. And I think like even, you know, you can be more relaxed about the diet or something like that. But if you're just not worrying about the diet at all and you're basically saying to someone, you've got SIBO, eat whatever the frig you want. Yeah. That's basically giving them a, you know, depending on that will vary from person to person. But that's basically, you know, if that's a person who's eating a diet high in gluten and yeah. high in starch, like let's starch molecules themselves are so taxing on the body to break down and deal with and use um gluten in nature itself is inflammatory so i guess the role of the diet in, in any sort of treatment but especially mm. SIBO is you're re reducing symptoms and inflammatory re reactivity in the gut in the gut so mm, and give it time and to give heal. it time to yeah, heal like it. and it has different stages where you do obviously bring foods back in which do encourage a little bit more fuel yeah. as you move forward but essentially the diet is so important in conjunction with the supplementation because it does starve those bacteria, bacteria their food source particularly at the start when we're wanting to get in and, and start that work mm. off, we want to starve them as much as possible. So it's like yep. a double-edged sort of sword situation. Like on one side we're starving them off and then we're going we're in killing and... killing them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like we're coming in from Machine both sides, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's oh. like, um, yeah, yeah, the machine gun thing again. It's like, oh, do you know what I was thinking of in Vikings recently? <laughs> you've got like this line of like the – the French ready to attack the Vikings and mm. they see the Vikings coming over the hill and they're like, ah, oh, there's not many of them. We're fine. And then they look behind them and there's like a yeah, whole lot of them coming up behind yeah. them. And they're like, Oh my what God. What season are you up to? We just watched I, like, oh, I've got like one and a half of left of the last season. Do you know, it's dropped on oh, Netflix you know, well, and I didn't even know it was there. Oh, like, hang on. Are you, are you on season five? I don't know what season. Um, I just know that. Um, oh, I can't say. In it, case you haven't seen. Uh, well, I'm almost <laughs> finished the second part of season four, but there's no French involved. So 
Oh, no, there is because has Rollo, like, married? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's, we... like... Okay. I, I've got, a feeling, you're, right. I've got a feeling you're ahead of me, but I reckon I'm not I sure. Am. Yeah. Okay. I reckon I am. There's another because we didn't even realise it had dropped and then we found it there. Okay. And it, there's 20 episodes Oh, in you're in season. season four. I think I'm actually ahead of you then because there's no, 20. There, I don't think there's another season after this. I think this is uh, kind of... Okay, anyway, like, what well, we're just going to Look at us. <laughs> Clearly this is more important than Sebo right now. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a good analogy, yeah, right? Yeah. It's kind of the friend just standing there and like, oh, shit, yeah, they're screwed yeah. because yeah, it's yeah. like we're surrounded from all yeah. around. Yeah. And the bacteria are the same. Yeah. They don't have any chance. <laughs> I can just keep talking about Vikings. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it is perfect analogy. So you do uh, need to get them, get it from all angles. Yeah, which is why the diet works so well in conjunction with antimicrobial therapy or yes. antibiotic therapy, depending on what practitioners you're seeing. I also find it's a really great guide as you move forward with clients, mm. because as we'll get to a lot, every person's different. So if you start on that more restrictive die-off phase, yeah, and then as the weeks go by and you start mm. to diversify out the diet. And provide more fuel as such, it will tell you literally yeah. where that client is at. If you're starting to bring back foods and they're dealing really well with yeah. it, then you know you're at a good place. But yeah. if you're bringing back in a couple of little things and they're reacting, then you're like, well, well obviously, we're not at a good place. Yeah, and so that's kind of a good time too when we start saying, well, this is where even retesting for SIBO becomes yes, important. Definitely. Um, I don't know if we talked about that in our last podcast, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I can't but remember. Yeah. Go back and listen, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But definitely mm. highly important. I think um, dismissing the diet um, is just missing 50% of the treatment. I agree. And, and on the flip side too, I think it's important to note, you, I think a lot of people um, are a bit hesitant on the absolute flip side, but hesitant with the antimicrobials and want to do it with diet alone. Yeah. And that's not something that is – like obviously Good you can point. try that, but I, I haven't seen it work yet. I think it's no. the diet's great for symptom control, and I know we've talked about that in the past. So it obviously – by taking away the food for these bacteria – that they're feeding on mm. in their small intestines, you people do experience symptom relief. And then when they get that, they're like, oh, great, so I don't have to do the antimicrobials mm. or I don't have to. It's kind of like, well, you're kind of just, you know, keeping things mm. at bay. You're here. backing yourself into, into a corner, corner right? yeah. Because essentially you're on this restrictive diet that's controlling symptoms, but you're mm. not doing anything to deal with getting rid of the bacteria yeah. on top of that. So you kind of end up stuck in this restrictive diet. And then which it can become worst. more restrictive because obviously bacteria are smart and they're adaptive, and then obviously they will find new things to feed on like so that's the other thing you want to manipulate your bacteria even though it's hard but be ahead of the game with them a little bit or as much as you can be as opposed to yeah like what Jess said backing yourself into a corner yeah and just having more and more foods become problematic and before you know it you're eating five foods yeah because all you've done is just remove foods to Mm -hmm. improve symptoms Mm -hmm. exactly so that's not a good thing either so they need to be done together yeah and obviously of course always supervised yeah supervised there's a lot of information out there now too yeah. so people can get online and read about maybe oh I'll try this and I'll take this and I'll follow the diet I yeah. just think that that's a dangerous road too if you're working with someone and they're working with your symptoms and giving you a balanced plan then you can really yep. push forward quickly whereas I find when people try and do it themselves that's where that's we're saying they're kind of backed into their own yeah. little corner and they're not really getting anywhere and I, do, I find it frustrating too like obviously you and I are such podcast junkies when it comes to anything gut related and anything especially anything probably SIBO related and FODMAP related and all of that and mm. you hear so many um 
I guess, doctors and stuff talking about more probably the FODMAP diet and SIBO and things like that. And they're saying like, you know, that it's safe to be on this diet for for the rest of your life for a long period mm. of time. And obviously, clearly you and I have talked about, we don't agree with that. Mm. Like, I think it's too restrictive to mm-hmm. be on long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think if you don't have to be on it long term, which obviously is our goal with the SIBO mm-hmm. slash FODMAP, low FODMAP diet, is... Mm. You know, you want to get your gut to the stage where you can start challenging foods and reintroducing them. And if you can bring back in certain groups with even certain food groups within the FODMAP, underneath that FODMAP bracket down mm-hmm. the track mm-hmm. or that SIBO biphasic diet, then that's that's ideally the goal. Yeah, you want to course. get back to being able to eat as relatively normally yeah. as you can. And as we've talked about before, particularly with the FODMAPs, um, you know, essentially with this type of diet, you're cutting out a lot of prebiotic type food. Yeah. So if you're trying to live like this long term, you're, you're essentially starving a lot of different bacteria. Yeah of those beautiful prebiotics and then you're potentially lowering certain strains of bacteria and certain short chain fatty acids are starving. So, you know, and we've seen that in testing. We've like seen people post extreme SIBO particular, I would say, yeah, I'd say more antibiotic type treatment and they've come in and they've done like a comprehensive stool analysis Mm. and it's like, or use always use the analogy there. It's like a barren wasteland. <laughs> yeah, barren wasteland. You know, their bacteria is so low. Their short chain fatty acids yeah. have been affected. Yeah. So you know, you you just you can't just stay on that diet no. long term and no. not expect it to affect you in other ways. No, and when we like, and for like prebiotics, we're talking about like our you know our our legumes and our starches mm-hmm. and. Um, onions and garlic like there's so much in all that food that just gets stripped the minute people start symptom controlling with their Mm. diets and removing so people go i just feel better on on if i don't eat bread and and grain so i'm not eating grains and it's like well that's great but you're messing with your gut microbiome big time and this is just symptom control it's not you know it's not that you've made yourself better you're just controlling your symptoms it's a completely different thing to being better yeah improvement Mm. so exactly Yes, we're pretty passionate about them, aren't we? <laughs> We've got a bit of a list here, but I'm going to actually jump on down because I think it flows on a little bit better. And that's in regards to why the SIBO diet isn't so black and white. Because there's a lot, as, as we've been talking about, set plans out there. There's, mm. um, yeah, there's the FODMAP um, type of style. There's the biphasic type of style. There's, I think they're the main two, but yeah. there's some very black and white type guidelines out there. And for us, um, it, we, <laughs> look, we, it freaks the shit out of me. <laughs> we, well, we were just talking about this before we started. Like, um, I think we both in different ways use them as guidelines for our clients, mm. but we are very, very careful with them and we are very case by case. So yep. they're very, they're important to give you an idea yep. of what you want to be having um, more of and maybe less, less of, of as yep. opposed to maybe completely none of in yep. some cases, but they are so, there is so much gray within that zone yeah. of being about what suits you as an individual. So for instance, we might have someone who at the start of their treatment is going into more restrictive way of eating, but we find that they can handle within like the first week or two, they're still fine on including foods that might be considered really high FODMAP or really like don't touch it to yeah. like a later stage in the biphasic diet. Yeah. 
And that's great because their body can tolerate and that. And if your body can tolerate it, let it tolerate it. Exactly. I think too, like yeah. don't remove a food that's offering you nutrition and nourishment yeah. and exposure to vitamins, minerals, and potentially you know yeah. prebiotics yeah. and types of starch and types of carbohydrate if you don't need to. Like yeah. I get that you know when you're looking at the SIBO biphasic diet, um, it says don't have any of these in the restricted phase or something mm-hmm. like that. But if you're fine with those, I think it's important to allow your body to have those because yeah. no amount of restriction is for any period of time is great i think we've talked about that so much yeah yeah and there's also i think the thing that we get concerned about is there's a lot of quantities that are applied and we both working with clients on a daily basis and a lot of women we see a lot of um which goes on to another point a lot of phobia and fears yeah. that happen around these restrictions and amounts. And, and quantity, like quantities. I think what I was saying mm. to you before, the thing that like worries me about the SIBO biphasic diet, and I'm, I am careful when I give it to my clients or as mm. careful as we can be because, you know, it's like a double-edged sword. You know how important this diet is for treatment, mm. Mm. but you also know the potential risks associated with giving someone a restrictive diet. And women, yep. especially if there's a history of eating disorder or a history of any sort of even just fixation with foods or mm. fear surrounding foods, and all this, it's kind of like you're sitting there as a practitioner and you know that this is what you need to do to help mm-hmm. them but you also, also know that you potentially could be triggering something here yes. that you don't want to trigger and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's really hard for us I think because yeah. in my mind I'm like I would honestly rather not use the diet yeah but you have to because it works <laughs> so and it's just so I'm very like careful I guess I caution everyone and I go through the quantities I'm like I don't want you to become fixated on this just yeah. use it as a guide exactly. and like I think you and I both do the same thing we're like this is our simplified version of it mm-hmm. prefer like use the FODMAP app and then I kind of you will use yeah. the diet more as quantities when people are pushing some of the other FODMAP foods like depending on the person and the overlap is how yeah. I explain it to them and what they can and can't do. But yeah, it definitely. does, it worries me. That's the element yeah. of it, I guess. I think we both definitely take um, elements from the guidelines and then create like a lot more flexible <laughs> approach dependent yeah. on the client. Like there's definitely things that we're asking them to have less of and yeah. things that we're probably asking them to avoid, particularly in the initial stages. Yeah. But they are done with like a lot more flexibility yeah. and we're very, very careful about how asking people to do these things can affect them emotionally and mentally. Yeah. And the you know you there's different people um, and different types of temperaments and different types of mental states. And you can see it when you give this type of diet to someone and they come back three or four weeks later and you can see the stress on their face and you can see that even though you've tried to give them general guidelines, they've gotten totally stressed out. They've got online, they've read stuff. They've just been so restrictive and they walk in and they've like lost like two, three kilos. And it's just like, Oh my God, like that's not what we wanted. No, And I think, Again, it's that fixation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it's it, that's where it makes. It, I guess it's a, it's a tough one to to navigate, and that's why I think you and I are so not fixated on mm. yep. <laughs> on sticking, keeping people in that really restrictive phase. Like yep. I honestly very rarely start in that. I start yep. with an overlap between semi-restricted and yep. the restricted phase of the diet. Yep. For those of you who are familiar with it, you'll know what that is. Yeah. But I definitely I. Don't think I've ever 100% pulled carbohydrates. No, I don't think. Well, I think you and I are a lot more um, definitely because we were so um, focused on macronutrient balance. Like in regards to including some of the starchier 
um, probably those root veggies compared yeah. to like if you looked at the guidelines for particularly something like biphasic. Yeah. I think things like pumpkin and parsnips and those sorts of things like we've kind of definitely from the start I know for me like yeah. are in there. I keep, um, I keep buckwheat, I keep exactly, quinoa, I yeah. definitely I start with they're happy to. Like some people are very reactive with rice yeah. so I'll be I'll yeah. just gauge that case by case yeah. as well but if people are like no I'm fine with basmati rice I'm like cool let's just keep yeah, that rolling. Exactly. Like rice keep, is a really important one I think for mm. a lot of people at the start because it is lower reactive yeah. and it allows them to really have that that carb there in particular mm. if you've got someone that doesn't have a lot of weight on them yeah um i find and the same like you and i both like been doing this for ages and the buckwheat is one that you won't even see listed on something yeah. like a basic diet and people freak about it when yeah. they see it in our in our recipes um i have never ever had a problem with any of my SIBO clients i can't think of one yeah. with buckwheat it's always I've tolerated got, i've got one but yeah. that's only because it came up in a reactive so uh, food, food intolerance. intolerance but other than yeah. that no issues quinoa i quinoa find i have issues hit, hit yeah. miss. like yeah. some people totally fine with it other people mm. totally not yeah exactly. uh, so that's again case by case exactly. you know and if yeah. you were to look at the SIBO biphasic diet you'd kind of be like well you know in semi-restricted you can have small amounts of a, B, and C. Yeah. But, you know, obviously quinoa's not for everyone, just yep. the same as um, pumpkin's not for everyone. Yeah. I do find pumpkin's fairly well tolerated. Yeah. Um, but, again, I I honestly, I count pumpkin as a mild carb. If we yeah, had to. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah like it's, it's not just really. like, I'm having pumpkin as my carbs. And you're like, like, that's mm. not a carb. <laughs> It's, it's, it is to a degree. Like I shouldn't say that, but I know. Like, I know the way you and I think about carbohydrates is you have carbohydrates and you have complex carbohydrates and <laughs> it's too I think a way to, to like explain it to people like it's just it's too watery like yeah. think about when you roast yeah. pumpkin oh, yeah. or mash it and like it's yeah. just there's there's not much to it right no, there's it's not just, much holding it together no it's there's not, then that there's not a lot of starch yeah. people well, yeah <laughs> as opposed to like yeah, sweet, sweet potato, potato, potato. Or, yeah, yeah I agree yeah <laughs> but those yeah banana. A, the carbohydrates are an area that are just so stripped back and oh. you know we find that there's a lot that's tolerated there yeah. that should be included at the start, um, case by case, yeah. because it will make sure it keeps people balanced and mm. healthy as you work through. Yeah. And the other thing I think that's probably worth mentioning too is you're doing antimicrobial work. And as much as we love natural antimicrobials over, you know, pharmaceutical, you know, agents mm -hmm. as far as like going through and cleaning stuff up in the gut goes there's still the potential that our good gut flora is potentially going to be effective affected mm -hmm. on on some level while you're doing antimicrobial yeah, work sure. like you can't ignore that and i've had yep. i've have had clients ask me that and you know some practitioners will say no it's completely safe it does nothing to mm, your good flora no. i don't agree with that no. i definitely sit on the fence i think we don't know enough about antimicrobials yeah. and the use of antimicrobials in the gut to ignore the potential mm. fact that they are affecting our good mm. flora. And so you need to be looking after that in the background while you're doing antimicrobial mm. work. And you need to do that by including prebiotic foods of some yeah. nature. Exactly. So, you know, like even though we're, you know, trying to kill off, we're still feeding. And even if that's feeding some of the bad guys, it's still feeding some of the good guys. And it's more yeah. about, you know, establishing that balancing act in mm. the gut. So eventually the good guys win the war. It's not about mm. going there and nuking them. F out of freaking everything. And then, <laughs> you know, I didn't swear. Did you notice? <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that's really important. Like, that's yeah. another reason behind why, we, like, carbohydrates definitely for energy and macronutrient yeah. balance. But looking after the gut, it's what, yeah. it's what our job as practitioners exactly. is to do. And then if there's, if there's this, like, complete obliteration of carbohydrates too, there's this 
reliance more so on like protein and fats. And mm. then again, with time, too much time on that type mm. of diet, you get that complete change in gut bacteria, yeah. which is... And gut pH. Yeah. Like, and there's, yeah. there's studies now like yeah. it, which is awesome, showing that these like really long-standing high-protein, high-fat diets yeah. are actually affecting types of bacteria and lowering like butrate, which yeah. is short-chain fatty acid. acid. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I just think, again, it just highlights why diversity in the diet is so yeah. important. Oh, I agree. Oh, thank, <laughs> God, thank God for the studies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nutrition orgasm over here. I totally agree. <laughs> um, I think that rolls on nicely to which we've probably touched a little bit on, but, yeah, the food phobia component yeah. because following any sort of set protocol and when you've had gut problems – and you are feeling better. You get into your safe oh zone. Oh, my God, you're so happy. I call it the bubble. You're yeah, in your bubble. I call it the safe zone. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> you've been feeling so crap, you do this diet, and all of a sudden all your symptoms are gone and you're just yep. in this safe zone. And then people yep. are like, I don't want to leave my safe zone. Yeah. Like, I don't want to leave I'm my like, bubble. I don't, to, I don't want to get out of the bubble. I'm like, and they, walk all along they, with they come in. pin and pop it. <laughs> it. I'm like, okay, today we're going to talk about Popping some food. <laughs> bursting your bubble. <laughs> reintroduction. I'm going to give you a list of these different foods we want you to bring back in and this is how you're going to do it and you can see them they're like oh my god oh my god oh my god and they're like can't i just stay here no you get your big pin and just jam it in there <laughs> exactly Pop. but it is it's terrifying for people it they is. don't want and it's where yeah it's we see it all the time because we do lots of different types of protocols but yeah you get sort of yeah so safe in that zone but yeah. it's so because of what we've just been talking about it's super important to Challenge step out of that challenge foods and yeah. you never what i always say to people is you're not going back to square one no if you that's it try too. a food and you react then you know you react you have that reaction you stop that food mm. you're not ready for it we go back to maybe the next food like yeah. you're not going back to square and one i think that's really important to talk about too because when people do become really fixated with this diet and the quantities and heaven forbid they have three quarters of a cup of freaking cauliflower instead of <laughs> half and they fr and like this is not having a d this is just yeah, I know. this is just it's you have to put these diets into context and the yeah. quantities into context and you're not going to go backwards if you overstep that little tiny mark. Like there, there yeah. is guidelines and there's so many gray areas. And if you've done two or three months of gut work, yeah. give yourself a pat on the back for doing two to three months yeah. of gut work. And if you have a, you know, you have a little bit of a, a mishap or a blowout or you're out with your friends and you eat mm. something you shouldn't, that's okay, guys. Yeah. Like that's, I think that's, I spend so much time in my clinic just talking to people about that and because they'll, you know, they come in and they're, in, they're upset and mm. beating themselves up and that's not okay. And it's no. not the point of these diets. And exactly. I think that's what stresses me about those is that yeah. people get so hard on themselves mm -hmm. and get in that safe zone. And if they get out of it, what have they done to themselves? Mm. It's just. And they'll often use like, I think they'll say to you, oh my God, I put myself back to square yeah. one. I've undone everything. And it, it's not, even if someone has a blowout weekend and they feel like their symptoms flare up, yeah. it's, it usually is managed relatively well yeah. to get them back on track. Yeah, and agree. then it's, it's never back to where you no, started. It's no. not like that. It's, you know, that environment and that work that you've done, it's yeah. just put you into a new zone of health. And yeah. yes, you may have like had a little bit of a flare, but yeah. you're not back to where you started. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that just freaks people out is yeah. that they're going to go back to that. And they yeah. remember that the symptoms, they remember the discomfort, they remember yeah. the like anguish and all of it yeah. that goes with it. And it Absolutely. just keeps them in that fear zone. But yeah, you, you got to get outside the box. And so much of, you know, like people that we see and people that get better from SIBO, any sort of gut stuff, 
the stress element has to be managed. Mm. Like, you know, like the stress around the food, the stress around how you feel about food, um, the stress around your gut symptoms. Like it's, it's kind of like you've got to work with the gut and the mind at the same time because that people become so petrified of these symptoms that the minute they get like a little gurgle in their gut, again, mm. if they've eaten the wrong thing, it is. It's catastrophic and it, yeah. it shouldn't be viewed that way. Yeah, It's just like, oh, you should just be like, it's easier said than done. I get that. But mm. that was a gurgle in my gut. Yeah, oh, well, move that's on. right. Exactly. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. So taking a lot more of a relaxed approach as well, like I think yeah. is something we, we definitely yeah. try and do here and hence the yeah. flexibility of plans. Yeah. And, yeah, and just, I think if anyone yeah is obviously listening and they're stuck in that rut, mm. that's where guidance is so important. Like yeah. That's where we work with people to help them move through those stages of food intro because you need to do it, I, I think, systematically. Yeah. So you know what's causing what. If yeah. you're trying to bring things in, you obviously want to do it in a way that you know if certain things are causing mm. certain issues. But, yeah. you know, you can do as long as you do it in that approach, you're fine because yeah. you can just weed out things that might be still yeah. problematic. Yeah, exactly. And then there's like, you know, even if you break the FODMAP categories down, depending on yeah. how you reintroduce foods, it honestly depends with my clients. Like some of them I've got on the SIBO phasey diet, some of them I've just got on the FODMAP diet and they're yeah. doing fine. And then yeah. when it comes to reintroducing foods, I just pick – like, you know, the fructin group within the FODMAP yeah. and just let's just start with that yeah. and see which foods within that category are great for you and which ones aren't. Yeah. And if that goes well, let's pick the next one. Yeah, like, you know, yeah and just, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and sometimes it is. It's just maybe one or two triggers, but the other foods are fine. So yeah. it's like, cool, we just got you five more foods. Yeah. Dick. Score. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when clients get really excited when they get a food back in and it's fine. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's a bit of a, like a running joke, which I'm sure you have with your clients as well. And sometimes their partners, like I've got a few clients with their partners and they walk out and they're like, I can have avocado and I can do this. And <laughs> just like you get so excited that we now have these foods again. See, I've, I keep meaning to say to you and I haven't, um, which is an interesting one mm. between you and I even with the difference. Mm. Like I tend to use avo oh, with my I clients right from the start yeah. and I actually find – do you find like I hardly get people having issues I with avo? I hardly had anyone yeah. have an issue with avocado. I, yeah. I typically – if. They haven't actually specifically said to me, I feel like avocado is an issue. I have had a few clients say that, but majority, avocado is one that I just leave in straight from the get-go. Peanut butter, too, if people are fine with that, I'm like, just keep having it. I get it's a legume. I get it. Same with mushrooms, really, in that regard, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Flax seeds, I find a lot of people mm. love flax and I know that's in your gut-friendly bread and that's yep. a lot of questions, but I've got a lot of people that are just yep. fine with that bread yep. and it's yep. got the flax in, it's got the high, like a bit of almond meal, so all these things yep. that are questionable yep. on the biphasic and the FOD, yep. like FODMAP scale of things mm. when we're mm. looking at SIBO. Bread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want a case of peanut butter and sprout. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like it is, it's, yeah, it's... Yeah, definitely putting it into the context. And, yeah, avocado is a big yep. one I find, no one. Bananas are one I quite often – I leave yeah. half of it, like, people are having yep. a smoothie and they're like, I'm just so sick of berries and I don't have lemon. And I'm like, have a banana. Do you have an issue with banana? Like, I'm not allowed to. I'm like, you can have a banana. <laughs> Bananas are so bad. They're so evil. <laughs> so let's go into some of these sort of smaller, more sync questions because yeah, we okay. kind of covered those main ones. One of the ones was about protein variety because people yeah. feel like when they get put on these types of diets, They've had legumes taken away from them. Yeah. Um, and they feel like they're just eating a lot of meat. Yeah, okay. So I kind of try and tackle it a little bit. It depends on the clients. Like some of my clients are raging carnivores and they're happy, yes. to, happy to do the <laughs> meat, 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 which is totally fine. I get that. I've got some other clients that are probably definitely more plant-based or tend towards the more plant-based diets and then like vegan clients on the FODMAP mm. diet. 
What I tend to what I tend to do protein. We've got eggs. Um, yeah. We do have like nuts and seeds. Yeah. Um, quinoa for people that can tolerate is a complete yeah. protein. So there we've got you know our vegetarian sources, mm-hmm. um, and then we've got our meats. Yeah. And fish. So exactly. I find between fish, eggs, and nuts and seeds, you can design a pretty cool diet around that where you're only having like say animal based meat protein once mm. a day. Yeah. If I people agree. are happy to eat fish, eggs, and nuts and seeds. So, yeah. You know. It's right. Yeah. You can have like a. And then if you've got like a mm. um, a protein powder in there, yeah, even as well. But if you've got like, <laughs> yeah, of course. But um, like for example, protein. if you're doing like a, a breakfast smoothie and it's mm. got the protein and the nuts and the seeds, and yeah. then you might do a lunch meal that's got like quinoa and it's got like maybe a bit of fish through it, or it might just have quinoa and some eggs and some, some greens and all, seeds, all that yeah. sort of yeah. stuff. And then dinner might actually be some chicken. chicken so and veggies. Yeah. it doesn't have to be meat, 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 meat all the way through. Yeah. It can easily if you are just um, if you eat if you eat anything and you're not excluding meat, like you're not veg or vegan, mm. I think you could easily do just one meat meal a day. That would yeah. be fine. As in, like one Absolutely. maybe you know, actually, yeah, one meat meal, whether it be like a fish or red meat yeah, option. Yeah. Um, I think if you're vegetarian, then if you've got eggs, it's yeah. still relatively easy Absolutely. because if you've got like the protein powdery option in there, um, to you've maybe with some, you've got yeah. yeah, as you said, your grains, your nuts, your seeds, you've got eggs still yeah. in there. There's, I still think there's a lot of variety. Like yeah. you have, you are missing your legumes, and yeah. I know that can get a little bit laborious at the start. Yeah. I've got a few clients um, that are vegetarian that we leave hard cheese in as a protein source as well. Yeah. Like I yeah. know, I know that's not recommended, but yeah, they're, yeah. Fine, but they're with fine with it. it. They're yeah. fine with it. So yeah. I'm just like, look, if that's you know, yeah. you're having that and like they like might make themselves beautiful yep. big nourish bowl and then they'll put halloumi on top. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And they're using like a buckwheat buckwheat um you know, buckwheat pasta yep. as a grain sauce, and then some avocado, some yeah. low, low fold mat roasted veggies, yeah, um, some nuts and seeds, yeah. and then they'll pop on. Some, Is that like a goat or sheep halloumi or just any just, halloumi? They go yeah. dairy, yeah. Yeah, and it's sitting. Well. I've got one client that uses goat halloumi, I think, but yeah, yeah. and it, they seem to sit fine with that. Yeah. So I'm like, if that's working for you, awesome. It's low, low fold mat, tips, ticks the SIBO boxes per se, and it's delicious, and it's delicious, and it's balanced. <laughs> Do you have that saganaki? I think it's called. No. It's like a type of um halloumi but it's in like a triangular shape they used to sell it at coles it's like i don't know how to say it melts a bit more when you cook it Mm. and it's really salty oh Oh yes god it's so good you had me at salt (laughs) (laughs) you had me at salt i think that's the draw card for me with halloumi it's just the salt factor the salt and the oil (laughs) i don't care what it was cheese anything i don't care salt and oil Happy. I think vegan definitely is a little tougher. Yeah, like it it, it's repetitive is the problem. If you've got someone who wants to stay vegan during this, like mm. you have to rely on, I think, some more protein powder than you'd normally want to do. Yeah. You've got, yeah, I hopefully you've got someone who can handle the grains and they can do the, the nuts and the seeds and so yeah. forth. But you do get repetitive within that spectrum. I think both of us where we can have had some clients who have said, look, for the next X amount of weeks, maybe yeah. we can consider a little bit of fish or chicken. Fish. Only if they're comfortable, we're not going to like make someone do no, it. Absolutely, like, not. I find my I've, the few clients that I have had do it, they're pretty happy to do that though. Yeah, like it's yeah. just like they're like, look, if it's you know for the sake of just getting through this, yeah, um, with diversity and health in mind, yeah. not just you know, mm. yeah. I think I, I do have. I think I've got two clients that are. 100% vegan on this, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, um, it can yeah, be done. it can be it's done. Just, it is repetitive to a point. Yeah. I think it's 
well, it's repetitive in more the proteins repetitive, would yeah. you say? Like yeah. it's that heavier reliance on the same types of vegan proteins. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm. But it's still doable. It's definitely, definitely doable, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just kind of like what we're saying, like within a very restricted diet where diversity mm. is key for gut health, mm. um, it, it kind of narrows that window in a yep. bit, definitely. Yeah. So. But, That's right. Yeah. So the other question that we had was about um, juices, interestingly. Someone wanted to know about like cold-pressed juices and whether they're okay with with the diet. For me, it just depends on the stage and where people's at. I'm not a massive fan of like, obviously I think you are, of like gulping down big cold-pressed juices. It's just a big dump of like a lot of sugars from... With no protein, no fibre. Nice one, Chris. It's Friday. No fibre. They extracted all the fat out of the fruit. <laughs> I've got the funniest story. Like one of my one of my girlfriends one time we were talking about avocados, and I don't know if I've told you this. And you know how avocados used to come. This is about ten years ago. Um, come with the cholesterol free sticker. Oh on yeah, yeah, that's like, right, Chrissa. How do they take the cholesterol out of the avocados? <laughs> I was like, oh my god, dude. <laughs> Dead serious as well. Oh I was like, my god! Oh, love you. <laughs> I um with if people are into juicing. What I usually say is a guideline is like, please have no more than like a standard like two hundred fifty mil yeah. cup and make it like veggie at based. Least eight to two or nine to one ratio of mm. veggie to if you want a bit of fruit. Yeah. If you're in this type of dietary protocol, though, it's probably well certainly not ideal at the start no. but what i have said to oh people <laughs> is do yourself an alexa so do like mm. a pure ginger juice with some lemon in it and yeah. maybe some I'm okay with cold pressing that kind of stuff yeah like yeah. but you know what like that as a as an alexa or in a sebo <laughs> protocol or any sort of gut oh protocol is amazing just life in general just life amazing. i just want a cold press if we had a cold press juicer here each day you and i would be like ginger lemon i'd be ruby grapefruit oh, and yeah. apple cider vinegar yeah. and a bit of cayenne pepper and just knock that baby back every morning i was seriously thinking about that at um be satori's they sell like a bottle it's like 20 bucks of pure pressed ginger oh. and it's so amazing you just buy it and you i just literally go and shot it from the fridge oh, it's so it's yum just the, i'm a massive ginger fan like yeah. i know everyone loves garlic and loves onion yeah. and for all these i've always like i yeah. love garlic clearly but ginger and me mm. are in love maybe it's the hair thing <laughs> <laughs> ginger at heart that's it. <laughs> But, but yeah, I would oh, do something no. like that with no problems, but I certainly mm. wouldn't be getting people doing juices yeah. or even like I think at the start of a protocol, even doing like like fresh pressed juice, even a glass yeah. at that point is not ideal. But maybe like yeah. depending on the person in a yeah. certain amount of time and if it's you, done in the right way. Yeah, and I suppose if they were doing it more from maybe looking after the liver and it was green mm. and organic, so you're doing like your cucumber, kale. Yeah. Um, you know, alfalfa sprouts. So you yep. definitely kept it low FODMAP. I don't know how yep. you juice alfalfa sprouts, but you can try. I need a shitload. But do you know what I mean? Like ginger, lemon, like you could definitely yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. But again, yeah. Yeah. I would I would definitely stick to that. Don't have a big gulping glass of no. that. Like, yeah, that would be 250. Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. that's it. The other one we had was a about um sweeteners so things like maple syrup honey etc um which ones are better and i think also probably people wondering like when they can use them and so forth 
You know, like that's the same thing, isn't it? It's it just, just depends. depends on I have you. people that are fine with stevia at the start, people yep. that are fine with honey. Like yep. you go through everything and their gut symptoms are great and you're doing yep. the thing and they're having honey or they're having even a bit of maple with their yep. pancakes and stuff yep. and they're like, it's fine. I'm yep. like, well, then it's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would say the same thing. It's like finding what to- you mm. tolerate. So, you know, you can try a little bit of honey, see how it goes. You can try a little bit of maple, like depending on what you look at. Yeah. You can look at FODMAP and it's going to tell you one type of sweetener. Yeah. You can look at biphasic or to Turn another. That and that's when people start to freak out and they're like, oh, my God, everything's bad. It's like it's not. You just need to find what works for you. Yeah, so exactly. we're talking the same thing when we're talking food reintroduction. Mm-hmm. You just need to trial one by one and yeah. find what works yeah. for you. And I think too, just on that note, like talking about food reintroduction, getting your gut – this is something I get asked, like, does my gut have to be 100% symptom-free before we trial introducing stuff? Mm. My answer is no, mm. because, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, we I, I try and get my clients to about sitting to 70 to 80% good. Yep. Like, yep. if they come in and they're, like, 30%, 10%, 40%, that's yep. where their gut's at, and yep. you start kind of, you know, you strip back the foods and mm. all that kind of stuff and give them some antimicrobials when their bowel motions are fairly good, symptom-wise from gas, bloating, and all that mm. kind of stuff. If you're sitting around 70 I'm happy to start challenging yep. foods because you've got a pretty good idea of what your gut was like when it was crap. Yep. You've got a good idea of what your gut feels like now that it's, you know, improving. Now yep. let's see. Exactly. Without leaving – because no one's ever going to be 100% mm. symptom-free 100% of the yep, time. Exactly. Like it's just – that's not realistic. Yeah, yeah. You know? For sure. Yeah. So. No, that's right. It's very, very true. Yeah, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is a bit of a sort of open question. I think we'd probably be better off – shooting people to the website but it was um, around ideas in general for filling and nourishing sort of recipes for SIBO ah. but I kind of feel like that in some ways that's what we've been talking about it's like making yeah. sure you're having your macronutrients balanced yeah. with your food and yeah. if you're not sure what that means go back and listen to a macronutrient podcast episode yeah so if you if you're doing your macros with your meals then you're going to be balanced and you're going to feel like you're more nourished as opposed to people who feel starving on this like, diet i just was about to say something about that like oh. my, i got my little excited <laughs> the other thing too like if you are eating your balanced meals on this diet and mm. you know you've got your balance of carbohydrates um you know, that are appropriate for you on this diet yeah. and your proteins and, you know, your veggies and your good fats and stuff like yeah. that, you should be able to maintain three balanced meals a day because the other important part of the SIBO biphasic diet is that you're not eating every three hours. Yeah. That's yeah. something we probably haven't talked about. No, we haven't. But even within that, I'm probably sure you do. I'm not yeah. sure as well just to – like that's a definite really awesome thing yeah, if you can maintain but if it. you're starving, on the eat per- something. Yeah, like if you're hungry, eat. eat. That's <laughs> what I say as well. I'm like typically you want to allow the four to five, you know, mm. hours depending on, you know, how you go from, you know, the mm. migrating – Massive motor complex. <laughs> I'm so Friday. So I'm just like, my brain's just going MMC. I'm like trying to find the word. <laughs> like, we get, you're so funny. And you're just like snorting <laughs> that friggin' word. Anyway. <laughs> I'm like migrating motor complex. Oh my god. Tim, you can clearly see this is not rehearsed or scripted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're hungry, just eat. Like, because that's another thing. People go, oh, no, I'm not meant to eat. And I've listened to watch the SIBO stuff on the website. Yeah. I'm just like, I would rather you just have a smoothie, have some nuts. Yeah. Don't starve and try exactly. and get to dinner until you're lightheaded and dying on the floor. <laughs> no. Just freaking eat something. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I only had to so spit true. that word out. <laughs> it just wouldn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> but, yeah, um, 
there's also there's heaps well recently yeah, there's a lot of recipes on the website um yeah. <laughs> that are going to be really really useful that include a lot of the foods we've been talking about and definitely exclude a lot of the real major foods that you need to avoid so i think for anyone looking for guidance like head to the jsm website there'll be plenty there that you can find but Primarily, yeah, you need that macro balance. That's where yeah, the key absolutely. is. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to be starving and get the hangries. And yeah. no one likes to have the hangries. <laughs> I had them this morning. <laughs> you did. <laughs> didn't get enough, didn't get to my smoothie quick enough. I was having a little tanty. <laughs> and just auto, like, spell check just keeps changing your words. And then you type it and it changes it again. I was I like, that. I'm going to kill you, autocorrect. <laughs> I need to get to my food. <laughs> Oh, actually, the other thing, I, I didn't even think of this when we talked about doing this, and I um, was going to do a live podcast about it, is that I did the SIBO test myself. If anyone wants to go on and to the website and read the last couple of blog posts, there's one that talks about doing the SIBO test and then one about me getting my results and getting them back and they're positive <laughs> and flipping out and going through stages of anger, denial, and then elation when Chris and I decided that maybe once this is dealt with, I'll be able to, like, I drink some he, wine with her. I, yeah, clearly my goal, everyone, was Jess is just more devastated about the, about the positive SIBO result and then the diet. I'm just like, well, if we improve your gut health that little bit more, you'll be able to drink exactly. some piss. And um, on a side note, well, not as a side note, so I've been following a protocol for probably, you know, I've lost count. It's probably been about four weeks yeah, now. Yeah, four weeks now. Yeah, about four weeks. And you're and killing it. Yeah, it's you know what? It's been really easy. Yeah. Um, the the recipes on the website will give you a really good indication of what I'm doing and it's been great because I've been able to devise recipes that we can use in clinic. It's been yeah. awesome for that. Um, had heaps of balanced meals, mm -hmm. um, hasn't been a problem, learnt lots of new exciting recipes. Yeah. But even within three weeks' time, on the weekend we went away to um, Stanthorpe and we went... Did uh, you drink? Ah, uh, drink. We went to this amazing, <laughs> amazing winery, which is what I was talking about yesterday, yeah, yeah, yeah. the cellar door. Yeah. Um, yeah and, um, Did you feel less hungover? It was... Yeah, it was... Yes! So in <laughs> one of the... Generally, I feel pretty good gut-wise, but one of the things... and. I want to do this test for two reasons, which is in the blog post. One of them was just to know do how it's process. done, blah, blah, blah. It's great for the clinic. Second was um, definitely for me, I'm still too reactive to certain things, one yeah. of them being alcohol, yeah. um, which is just, it's not on. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not on when you're working with me either. <laughs> That's so anyway, um, yeah, so three, three and a half weeks in, went to this cellar door. We had these amazing wines mm -hmm. that we had usually, say, a month ago, if I had, um, so probably in total there I might have had about a glass and then mm. we went out and had a glass of wine with dinner. So usually from that, probably an hour or so later, I'd start to feel, I just feel sick. I'd yeah. start to feel like the ridiculously next dry. I'd feel nice. crap, like I've been smacked in the head with bat. Not good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could tell literally within a couple of hours of having the wine <laughs> that I felt okay. I was like, yep. where's that horrible nausea feeling gone and yeah. where's like why don't I feel like my mouth is filled with a squeegee <laughs> do you know what I mean and um yeah it was noticeable so yes. that's really exciting that, that was so really fun, really okay. exciting that's only three and a half weeks so yes. I'm thinking maybe in like double that I can like nail a couple of cocktails yeah perfect <laughs> goals <laughs> nutritionist goals nutritionist goals but that was, the, that was the biggest thing I said to you I'm like well obviously maybe this makes so much sense like yeah. obviously like like, because you and I have very similar intolerances, I find. Yeah. Like, we're both, like, sensitive to gluten in different ways. But 
and dairy I typically avoid because, like, from my past, it's definitely been an issue. But mm-hmm. I find now dairy for me is something I can really push, whereas yep. you haven't been able to push mm-hmm. it. No. Um, and alcohol, like, I I'm, like I can have a couple of glasses of wine or, mm. or a couple of beers on a Saturday afternoon and I feel fine. Yeah, The exactly. next day I wake up and I don't have that. Whereas you get kind of that really knocked for toxic yeah, not six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toxic so that six. I, <laughs> toxic six. <laughs> the toxic six. Whereas we both, and we both know that that's not quite right. So... Yeah, you know, it was a little bit of a shock, but it's been an amazing process. Um, and the yeah, the reason I bring that up is because, like, number one, from a food point of view, mm. it's been it's been good, and it's been I think relatively easy. Yeah, I think um, when we were talking about it, like, it, I'm surprised too. Like a lot of like I look at even how I eat, like mm. like. I think even just a lot of the food I eat and, probably, and you eat as well, it's not mm. hard to adapt it to that no, CBO style. No, but that's not that's the knowledge we have, yeah, and that's true. why we're so passionate about helping people with this. Because we can make we it can, damn like, interesting, make it. guys. Like, I'm sitting here saying it's easy, and like, some of a lot of people probably listening with SIBO probably want to smack me in the face now. <laughs> I want to smack you in the face. Now. I'm just joking. <laughs> We can help people, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, we, we are foodies. Like, we, we yeah. love this stuff. Like, it's a challenge for us to be given a restricted diet and make that That's taste it, interesting. Exactly. And the, the last point it. I'll make is that there's I'm, I don't have a lot of weight to lose, essentially, on me. And I've been doing this and my weight hasn't changed. So yeah. that's been really – I don't think it has anyway. But I think it's really important because we see people, like, drop a lot of weight on this diet. Yeah. And you, you, particularly if you can't afford to do that, yeah. it's important to know how to eat so that doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, so that doesn't And happen. just you still feel good. I haven't felt – like my energy's waning. I've still been able to train. I haven't had any issues yeah. at all with anything like that. So, yeah, I uh, watch this space and I'll keep you guys updated <laughs> or read the blog post because we'll I'm doing just send you some there. photos of Jess downing some cocktails in a couple of months. <laughs> Seeing at the Christmas party, cocktail Snapchat, <laughs> chasing in clinic. <laughs> but I think um, we've covered everything on the list. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So, was there anything else that you wanted no, to? I just think. Yeah, I think we just. Yeah, I think we just really wanted to highlight how the diet can be done in a very diverse, healthy way, mm. yeah. um, and just not to get not to get caught up in it too much. Again, it's a guideline; it's not a set of rules. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think that's something you and I are very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, if anyone needs any help, uh, you know where to find us. If you don't, <laughs> just <laughs> if you don't, what, why? Google. <laughs> Look us up, so JCN, or actually we're not not on the books like that, we're jessicacox.com.au yeah, online. We should have a JCN Instagram page. I was going to ask you about I that. I think we should do something yeah. like that. I was actually thinking Definitely. that, like, you know, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's totally off topic. <laughs> or you can find us on social media, you can make bookings on the website directly, you can email us at reception at jessicacox.com.au, you can leave um, comments if you like, of course, we love your comments, so yeah. you can do so on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on our social media. Um, Likewise, if you I'll... have anything else. So, like, honestly, the SIBO diets are really – It's a, it was a great topic, hey? Mm, like, it's yeah. not something we had on our pod- – we've got a massive list of podcast yep. things to talk about, but it's not something we had on there until someone brought it up. So, yep. Yep. we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, make sure you um, let us know because we love just making sure we're, you know, really speaking for you guys. Yeah. But other than that, Amen, sister. just, um, you know, as we always say, subscribe because we love you guys subscribing and give us Share a rating. Love. We love that too. Share the love. But, um, yeah, have a amazing weekend. Have an amazing weekend, week, whatever time you're listening to this. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. Friday here. Weekend is <laughs> upon us. Yes. I am sending my husband away for the weekend. Are you? Some 
Oh, it's the same motorbike thing. No, it's not that. I don't know what it is. It's some sort She's of just setting me on where she's like, like, there's the keys. No, no. Oh, <laughs> some boat. I don't know. They're building boats. Oh, I don't know what is it, it is. Is it a yacht thing? He likes yachts. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's some weird <laughs> thing where they're building boats and racing them. I don't know. Some weird boy thing. Okay. But I'm like Either stoked. Way. I've got the house to myself Perfect. for the weekend. So bring it on. Best thing in the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll chat to you next time. Chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.